today we are going to talk about wealth. How do we look at wealth as a society? How has it changed and evolved over time, and how will it be viewed going forward in the new earth? How wealth is used really depends on the energy of who possesses the wealth. It can be used as a tool for positive change or power and greed. It's up to us to decide. Let's dive in. Wealth. What does it mean? How does it make you feel? And more importantly, how can it help you on your spiritual journey? So when we look at the word wealth, it means an abundance of really anything. It doesn't have to mean money specifically. If you look in a dictionary under the word wealth, some definitions will mention money, but some will just say an abundance of possessions or property or other riches. In my mind, though, wealth means an abundance of truly anything. It can apply to our relationships. You know, we can have such an abundant social life and family life and really have that cup be filled with relationships with other people and be wealthy in that respect, but be financially impoverished, right? So it can apply to relationships. It can apply to health and wellness. So healthy and wealthy, right? Having your health in my mind is even more important than financial wealth because I have had so many clients who have financial wealth, but not physical wellness. And unfortunately, if your body is failing you, you can't even enjoy the wealth that you've acquired. And I see, I truly have seen this quite a bit with my clients over the age of 50 or 60 years old. And I can't stress enough the importance of health in our lives and being wealthy in that sense of taking care of our bodies and our physical vessels because we cannot, if we can't get out of bed, if we can't wake up feeling good, what's the purpose of the rest of the wealth in our lives? That sort of wealth is so, so powerful and even more powerful than financial wealth. So we got the physical, but we also have the material, which could be any type of possessions. It could be jewelry, clothes, housewares, your collection of cookbooks or antiques. So that material wealth. Um, We can also have a wealth of experiences. And I personally, as a millennial bordering on that Gen X, identify with this so much. I prefer that experiential wealth over the material wealth. So give me a fantastic adventure or trip over stuff or a car any day. I will happily spend my money on experiences. And I hope that when I'm old and gray, I can look back on my life and be so, so wealthy in my life experience because that is what matters most to me so much more than than the uh, material stuff. And I think that is a generational thing. I I see baby boomers have a little bit more of an attachment to material wealth 
because their parents grew up in the times of the depression. And so they were raised in a different household and a different mentality where acquiring material wealth and security was incredibly important for their, their family. And so we can see through different generations how we appreciate wealth in different ways. And for me, it's the experiences for my parents and my husband's parents. It's definitely the material. And for their parents, it was just security. It was having a roof over their heads and having food. That was wealth, right? That was cream of the crop. If you had food on the table in the 1920s and 1930s, you were doing pretty well. So it's really interesting to see how the definition of wealth has changed over the years, but more importantly, how we value it so differently. But we also have wealth when it comes to education and knowledge. So a wealth of knowledge is also so valuable. You know, we meet these people who just can have so much insight into life or into the world or even into a specific topic who maybe do not have material or financial wealth at all. But you could sit with them for hours and listen to their stories and conversations and intellect and knowledge and learn so much from them. But what about relationships with other people? What about your community, your soul family? That also can be looked at as a form of wealth. I think so much about my time spent in several third world countries staying with families and really getting to know them and what struck me was in their, the richness in their social relationships. They would have multiple children, but also many generations living under one roof, often quite cramped, but seem so joyful and happy to have each other. And I often contrast that with westernized countries where we're encouraged to be individuals we're encouraged to be alone and we have this epidemic in the united states as well as other western countries of leaving elderly people in their homes alone and it's no surprise that there is a correlation between lifespan and your social connections, your social wealth, your social capital. And on that note, education can also be considered a form of wealth. It's an area that we often take for granted. The freedom to learn. We don't have to live in fear of going to school. We don't have to fight our way to class every day to learn because we have the internet at our fingertips, but that's not always the case across the world. So you can see wealth is multifaceted and different cultures across the world value different types of wealth. So if you're beating yourself up because you don't have one type, well, guess what? That's okay. It's okay if you don't have one of these types of wealth. Make it a goal to work towards that, to round it out a little bit and have some balance across all of these different areas. So as you can see, there's just so many different types of wealth. And, and the last one, of course, I'll mention is finances, money. 
Uh, we talk about money on every episode here on the Perspective Podcast. And when we look at money and wealth, I think it's incredibly complex because that word can elicit so many different feelings in human beings, depending on how we grew up and what our experiences were around money. So for example, when I say the word wealth, how does that make you feel in your gut? What's the first word that comes to mind? For some people, it's freedom and abundance, but for others, it can be this icky feeling, this gut dislike, this feeling that I'm separate from wealthy people. I don't like wealthy people or I don't like wealth. I don't like that word. It feels like a separation. Maybe you grew up thinking having money makes you a bad person or a greedy person. That's okay. We we grow up in such different ways and we take in so much information from the ages of zero to seven from our parents. And depending on how our family dynamics were, that word wealth can elicit so many feelings and they're all valid, but I think it's incredibly important to really ask yourself that question. What words come up for you when you think about the word wealth? Because that can really give you insight into your subconscious. The subconscious is really what's running the show in our lives. And if we want to build wealth and manifest our new realities as we go through these spiritual awakenings, we have to understand how our subconscious works because it's always going there in the background. Really journaling about how that word wealth makes us feel can help us see where our money blocks are. Because if we have blocks as it relates to our money, we cannot manifest the life that we want to create for ourselves and for the world. And we will do so many more podcast episodes on manifestation, but I think wealth and manifestation are just inexplicably intertwined. And we have to address how that word makes us feel and what feelings are coming up in the body, the physical body, in order to understand how to address it going forward. Because I think our personality and our upbringing really affects our ability to acquire more wealth. Just switching gears a little bit. Income does not mean wealth. So just because you are earning a lot of money does not mean that you're a wealthy person. Conversely, just because your neighbor has a tremendous amount of material wealth and they have 10 luxury cars in their garage, that does not necessarily mean that they are wealthy. They may have material wealth in the form of those cars, but from a financial perspective, that doesn't mean that they have money in the bank. They doesn't mean that their net worth is necessarily positive. And net worth, which we'll talk about quite a few times on the podcast, really is assets minus liabilities. What you own minus what you owe. And when I think about wealth in the financial terms, I'm really talking about net worth. I think social media and just in general, the society, the consumer society that we're living in really propagates this idea that having material wealth means you're a wealthy person. 
when in reality, that's simply not the case. I think financial wealth is so much more than just what you own. When I think about wealth, let's talk about like, what do I feel when I hear that word? Because I work in wealth management. And so when I first started out in the industry, I definitely had some blocks around wealthy people. Even though I grew up in a middle-class family and I grew up going to private school where I was around some families that were super, super wealthy and some families that were not, I was somewhere in the middle. I had developed these ideas about wealth already as I went into the wealth management industry. And some of those thoughts were, well, wealthy people are just really rude and they like to step on other people and put them down. Uh, Wealthy people don't play by the rules. They don't have to play by the rules. Wealthy people can be greedy. These are all these beliefs that I had around money based on my experiences growing up. And as I started to work in the wealth industry, I started to realize that that was simply not the case and that wealth is and money in general are just energy flow. Wealth just exacerbates and exaggerates who we already are. If we're greedy or really in our ego and wanting to achieve great success in the world, material success, that can manifest more and more and more as we gather more wealth and power. And we can see that in the world right now with super, super wealthy, powerful people who step on others and use others. But conversely, there are some incredible human beings in the world using their wealth for so much good. And I was lucky enough to have some coworkers and clients who are some of the most generous people that I've ever met. And it really, really changed my idea of wealth. And I started to see it as energy and realize that these wonderful humans, these wonderful souls, sure, they had a lot of wealth and prosperity, but they had so much to give and they were just so generous and loving and kind and yet humble. And so working in the industry really changed how I view wealth as energy. And going through my spiritual awakening, I started to realize, again, wealth is simply energy and that energetic exchange. Money in itself is an energetic exchange, but it also has such far-reaching implications for our lives, for our children's lives, for our world. It has a ripple effect. That is so, so powerful to understand. It's I did not recognize the power we can have in the world to make change with wealth. And what I mean by that is our world is truly defined right now by economic inequality. And I say world because we are more than just the United States. And if you're listening to this podcast, you could be anywhere in the world. And I wanna make sure I don't just talk about the United States, which is where I currently am. Because I think we are, spiritual beings all having this human experience. And I don't think it matters where we are in the world. I think we all should have access to, you know, basic human rights, to clean water, to clean food, to having a roof over our heads. And the inequality, the wealth gap across the world is just startling. It's unbelievable. And I'm going to run through some numbers with you. But when I think about that, and I think about the power, the power of acquiring prosperity and wealth for every person to be able to step out of their current reality that may not be safe for them. It's just incredible what that can do. It's incredible how we can change the world by simply shifting our mindset around wealth 
and realizing that the more that we earn and the more that we can save and invest and then put back out into the world in the form of that positive energy exchange, that positive energy flow has such a ripple effect. And that intergenerational wealth flow is also so, so incredibly powerful. So here's some startling statistics for you. Some of these statistics are from 2019. There hasn't been a a recent census. So I pulled a lot of this data from Oxfam and from some organizations from some universities, just in case you were wondering, I'm happy to reference them in the podcast notes. But the bottom 50% of earners in the United States own only 1% of the wealth here in the United States. 71% of the wealth in our country in the United States is owned by the top 10% of earners. Let's just digest that for a minute. That is so many millions of families that are struggling to pay the bills, right? 50% of people in the States have less than 1% of the wealth, meaning they almost have no savings at all. Essentially, they have no financial wealth, and most of them are in debt. Yet, the top 10% of earners in the States own 71%. I'm giving you these stats so you can understand just how powerful it is when you begin to acquire wealth because it does have a compound effect. And also to realize that so many people in our country and in our world do not have the financial literacy to even begin to understand how to acquire wealth, how to earn more money. Part of me bringing this podcast into the world is to try to address that. I want to address the financial literacy. I want to address the inequality and help as many people as I can climb out of that bottom 50%. A couple more interesting statistics to think about on a global scale. This gets even more obscene, you guys. This is obscene. The top 1% of earners in the world have more wealth than 7 billion people combined. Wow. Talk about inequality. The wealth gap has grown exponentially in the last 20 years. Men own 50% more of the world's wealth than women. And we're moving into a time where that is going to change. And I'm very excited about that. And that's part of my work as well, because the patriarchy is definitely falling away. And so we will continue to see that number improve. And I'm very excited about that. I hope you are too. So how does this happen? The bottom 50% of people in the United States don't have access to investing. They don't earn enough to be able to save, to be able to invest. And if you are earning just enough to pay your bills or can't pay your bills and you have debt, how can you possibly climb out of that debt and acquire wealth? You can't. It's nearly impossible. So the only way to begin to address the wealth gap is to realize that you have to earn more and save more to be able to acquire wealth. You have to accumulate more assets. In, in the form of home ownership or inheritance or real estate or investing to be able to acquire wealth. And we are going to cover that and so much more on the podcast. Let's just go back to that term wealth and really think about it. It is an energy exchange, but 
many, 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 many people are not aware that can help you to earn more and save more and embody the life of a wealthier person. And I say embody because embodiment is a really powerful term and exercise to understand. If we can't embody that word, we cannot be wealthy. If we don't think we have the ability to earn more money or save more money, or we think we don't understand money, so we can't acquire more of it, which is what so many women think about themselves. You have no idea how many women tell me they're not good with money. That has to change. That subconscious belief, I'm not good with money. I don't understand money. I can't earn more money. I'm stuck. I don't have the right X, Y, Z. I don't have the right education. I'm not in the right location. I don't have the right look. I don't have the right knowledge. All of these limiting beliefs affect our ability to embody wealth and a wealthy mindset. And so what we're going to work on on the podcast is starting in the body with how money impacts our subconscious, how it makes us feel so that we can then do the work to then embody that wealth mindset. And why? Why would we want to do that? You might be thinking, well, I don't want to be wealthy. I'm comfortable. I'm I'm fine. I'm making it work. And for a while in my life, I had that same mentality. I had this mentality of playing small, like, you know what? I'm good. But the problem with that mentality is that that's not really enriching the world around us. Doing our own work and embodying wealth, we can actually be a part of the solution to the inequality problem. Because as we rise out of that place, the bottom 50%, we help others rise too. As we rise out of that place, we start our own businesses, we hire people, we invest in others' businesses. Everybody benefits. But if we play small and we stay where we are, and we don't step into our true power because of those limiting beliefs, because of that subconscious, what happens? Nothing. We continue to live our lives as we always have. We are going to work on that mindset, okay? We are going to do the work first on a subconscious level so that we can then step into that wealthy mindset, step into the ability to manifest what we desire, not from our ego, You know, not desires from, hey, I want a mansion in Beverly Hills, but we're coming from a place of soul embodiment, from souls, your soul's true purpose. Because when we strip away why we're really here, all of this extra stuff that society has thrown on us, all of these beliefs around ourselves, we can really figure out what our purpose is or step, start to step into our purpose and our power. But we step into our true power, into our joy and do that work. Wealth and abundance just start to flow. If that's confusing to you or it doesn't make sense or it seems so far away, that's okay. What I want you to understand today is that building wealth is a mindset. Wealth is energy. There is no separation of the two. I'm challenging you to think about wealth in a different way today, to really feel into your feelings around that word, to journal how you feel, tell your stories, write it down, get it out. And then going forward, we're going to do some really deep work around manifesting our true desires of our higher self, not just our ego, 
And then even more importantly, how can we use our increase in income and wealth to impact the world in a better way, to enrich the world around us? Well, guys, I hope this was helpful for you as you begin to look at wealth in a new and inspiring way. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a review for this podcast because no one can find me unless you share. I would be eternally grateful as you and I build a community together. Our next episode piggybacks off of today's, where we talk about the first few steps you have to take to overhaul your money situation. This is ground zero of managing your financial affairs and the first episode in our Finance 101 series. Stay tuned.